And hello from Boise, Idaho and beyond and Idaho Education News. This is Extra Credit, your weekly podcast looking at education and politics. I'm Kevin Richard. And I'm Clark Corbin. And we're going to be uh, jumping around from a couple of different topics to a guest and beyond. But we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a process we talked about last week, the ongoing saga of science standards. Uh, Clark, you were in the audience Monday night, and you were not alone. They actually had a pretty uh, fair turnout to talk about science. What did they talk about? Yeah, the um, this was part of this two-week roadshow, if you remember, following the legislature's action to reject, to really not even consider taking mm-hmm. up, the proposed new science standards and, along the way, humanity standards. Uh, the legislature did that, saying there was not enough public input. So here we find ourselves at the public input phase, where we've had two weeks' worth of meetings all around the state. Uh, the most recent one was Monday, early this week, in Boise. And there were about 30 people uh, there, which was the largest crowd uh, at that point. Uh, during those public hearings that had been held all across the state. And then, Kevin, there were a number of Mm -hmm. academic standards and rules and content issues on the docket, including Common Core, including social studies and humanities. Everyone wanted to talk about these science standards that the legislature had rejected. And it sounds like the testimony was all over the map and, and all, all over the science of the issue. Absolutely, it was. There were a number of teachers uh, that came together to defend uh, the other teachers that had created the science standards uh, and to say, we support these standards. And so there, there was those aspects of testimony. And there were also uh, all over the map, uh, but the opposition to the standards was kind of what we thought it was back in the legislative session. The standards address uh, the age and creation of the universe. They address global warming and climate change, humans' role in global warming and climate change, and the theory of evolution. And I do want to note that those topics are already in right. our current existing science standards, which are... Yeah, like, it's not new. It underscores right. where we are on these issues. So 20-some years old, uh, the existing science standards even have those in there. And, and so, yeah, you had a lot of teachers supporting these, and you had a lot of parents and taxpayers and concerned citizens opposing them, uh, saying essentially that they didn't think that it was appropriate to teach evolution, um, that they didn't think it was appropriate to teach creation of the universe, that they didn't think it was appropriate to teach global warming in public schools, to the point you even had one grandparent stand up and say that, uh, and essentially assert that dinosaurs died out thousands of years ago, not millions of years ago, and therefore uh, the timeline with the creation of the universe from a scientific perspective is all out of whack. And so uh, there's there was one more hearing following the Boise hearing in Twin Falls on Tuesday, and so where do we go from right. here? What happens now? Beyond the debate about when the dinosaurs uh, left the Earth, right. where, where do we go from here in terms of the science standards and the policy? The State Department of Education is going to collect all of the comments, both written and oral, that were given over the past two weeks. And they're actually, Kevin, this is some news, going to reconvene the committee of educators and scientists who developed the proposed standards last year. They're and going you to spoke to a couple of them during the process, uh, during the legislative session. Absolutely. So they're going to get that committee back together likely next month. They're going to review all the public feedback that they gleaned from these public hearings and this written comment period. That committee will have a couple of options. 
they can retain the proposed standards they brought to the legislature, uh, or, or they can change them, or, or they can kind of start over again if they want. And so after that point, follow a similar path as last year. They will go to the State Board of Education for consideration during a public meeting in August, and then there will be another public comment period after that. If the State Board approves some form of new science standards, those will then go back to the legislature early next year in 2017 so we can watch this process unfold again if there are new standards uh, that are accepted by the State Board of Education. Okay. Well, thank you for watching it, and I know you'll be keeping an eye on it. And uh, so now we're going to switch gears, and we're actually going to do something new here on the Extra Credit Podcast. We're going to have our very first guest. Um, I've been working with uh, KIVI and KNIN in the Treasure Valley for a couple of years, and one of the projects we've worked on the past few weeks is sort of an ongoing, uh, detailed, deep dive look into the saga of the West Ada School District what happened, how we got to this point, and where does the district go from here. So uh, the project went live earlier this week on our website and also on uh, KIVI's website, so you can check it out in both places. But I sat down with Michelle Edmonds uh, to talk more and to kind of debrief about what we learned and what surprised us along the way. Give a listen. Joining Michelle Edmonds of Channel 6 and Channel 9, we have been working for months on West Data <laughs> stories of one form or another, and we, we've dropped a project this week trying to look at what happened here and where we go from here. Lots of in-depth interviews, lots of uh, yes. going back through the files, going back through the stories. What do you what do you take away as the biggest uh, headline out of this whole saga? Uh, Kevin, my first thought was, oh my goodness, no wonder we've done so many stories. <laughs> As I started to put together the timeline, for really, we started back in May of 2015 when Russell Jokey and Julie Madsen, the two new trustees, were elected to the West Ada Board. If you go from there all the way to moving forward to May 17th when the recall happens with now two other trustees, mm -hmm. since Jokey and Madsen have resigned from the board, we've got a year of what not just the media, but now even the board members themselves have called turmoil and chaos. And there's good reason for it. As you can see from what we have dropped in our project, there's so much that has happened right. in this the, the, district. The whole project puts the hyper back into hyperlink because there sure. are so many <laughs> clips. There are so many chapters to this uh, to this saga. And nuances. You know, everything from name-calling and board infighting to um, accusations of the union money, to accusations of the word intimidation mm -hmm. being Employee thrown out. intimidation, which we'll get into in this, in this package. Too. I mean, and, and then you have lawsuits on top of it, uh, coming from board members themselves that were started years ago with Russell Jokey, and then another one filed with Russ Jokey and Carol Sales trying to avoid the recall. Stop the recall in its tracks. Uh, yeah. There's so much there, and I think the, the best part of this for me was getting to go back and really do the in-depth new interviews that we did with three of the four sitting trustees and to just let them talk. And if you want to see those full interviews, you know, this is a project where it's not just sound bites. You can get the chance to listen to the whole thing and decide what you think because my biggest takeaway is that there's a lot of gray area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of claims and counterclaims to this day, even a year after a lot of the same ground that we've been kind of going over and new ground that we've gone over. I mean, the employee intimidation uh, thing that 
we heard Mike about Wheaton the Mike Wheaton A work. Basically, he is saying that employee lists were compiled strictly to determine whether employees were signing recall petitions. Uh, Russ Jokey has called that a lie. He's called Mike Wheaton a liar. So, you know, the back and forth just, just continues. But to what you were saying, and I think one of the takeaways for me was we had a chance to sit down at length and, and get very different perspectives from trustees who are coming at this from a whole different vantage point. I mean, you have Phil Newhoff, who was, you know, He's a controversy baby on the school board. I mean, he was appointed in the midst of this controversy. He's been on the job for two months. Wheatney has been there for 15 years. I mean, he talks about this kind of sleepy time when, you know, he was approached by Christine Donnell, Former the superintendent, superintendent, because she lived across the creek from him and thought, right. you know, he seems like he'd be a good guy to maybe have on the school board. So that's how he got involved 15 years ago. So you've got these very different perspectives and very different opinions about where this district is and how things are going to come along. So um, they're long interviews, but I think they're definitely interesting to to listen to. And I, I think they offer some, some, some new, new light into where these uh, three trustees are, are coming from. We should also mention, Kevin, that there were plenty of people who did not want to talk to us. And um, I, you know, I never received. We reached out numerous times to Carol Sales to try and get her mm -hmm. perspective. She's, she's on the she's on the ballot. She's on the I ballot. She's, hear from her. she's still the, she's the one trustee we didn't talk to, and and she didn't return um, any of our requests for an interview. We also reached out to Russell Jokey and Julie Madsen. Um, Jokey saying he did not want to interview, which honestly is a surprise to me because as a journalist, he was the one person who would always jump in front of a camera. Right. Um, and then Julie Madsen was just unavailable at the time. But there we also reached out to Marianne Reynolds, who hasn't wanted to talk about the recall process. So she didn't want to talk about that or the future of the district. We did reach out there. Linda Clark declined comment. Um, so a lot of folks not talking, but the folks we did talk to, I thought, were, were pretty enlightening. So I want to shift gears. I mean, you're a, you're a parent in the Meridian, uh, the West Ada district. I am. How is it covering this story from that uh, from that parent's perspective. Well, I think I think the reason I wanted to do such an in-depth look at this district is not just as a journalist but as a parent because as a parent you kept hearing over and over again what happened? Where did all this come from? And I didn't have a good answer for that. So the journalist in me then wanted to jump on board and and look at it all again and dig through it and to be perfectly honest, I don't think every little nuance is out yet. No. And I think there's still more to come on this story. Um, but everybody and, has and their thesis, own perspective. Right, and that thesis question that we started out with, how did we get here? Where did we get right. here? There's no easy answer to it. And I think that's what makes it fun, long-form journalism, because there's no cut-and-dried answer. No, and everybody has their own opinion of, of how they got there, where they got there, and, and who put them there. Mm -hmm. um, but as a parent, I think the takeaway, if there's, a, if there's a bright note in all of the whatever word you choose to use, drama, chaos, turmoil, shakeup, um, the bright note was that every single person we did talk to said that the schools themselves have not felt the impact of the shakeup of the board. And that's great to hear as a parent. I hope that educators listening to this agree with that. And if they don't, we would certainly like to hear where you're coming from inside the schools, but I do think that's testament to the schools themselves that 
as uh, Phil Newhoff told us during his interview, kids aren't running around on the playground talking about the recall. <laughs> so, I remember when I was it. a kid, I wouldn't have been talking about the recall <laughs> either. But but when you go to like a, a school function, if you go to like an assembly sure. or a, you know, a book sale or something, I mean, do people come to you? I mean, you're a recognizable person sure. in the community. Do they say, hey, Michelle, what? What's oh, there's, going on here? there's certainly the talk, without a doubt, and and I'm sure that comes from what I do for a living as well. But I think there is the talk for parents that they, what used to be, uh, where you could never name who your school board was. Everybody, these people are now household names, for better or for right. worse, I mean, right? At least and they probably are, didn't set out to be this well known no. in this way, but they are. People are now involved in the process. I think that's a good thing, um, and you have to remember that. In, in the midst of everything that happened with this board, too, Kevin, you got to go back to issues that really tie to parents that came up during this past year, like the Boundary Committee. Mm -hmm. uh, so things that, that really have an impact on people's lives, where they live, where their kids go to school, all that was tied into this. And, of course, if you want to think about it, there have been three superintendents who have led this district in the past year, Dr. Linda Clark, and then the board appointed interim superintendent, Joe Yoakum, and of course, then quickly hired Dr. Marianne Rells. Um, so their perspectives on all this. I, I, think, I think all of it as a parent has your head shaking, and you just, you just hope that the district is headed in the right direction. You guys have done outstanding, exhaustive work on this. Uh, people can check out your stuff on KIVI. TV.com. Check out our stories at idahoednews.org. I don't think we've written the last chapter of West Ada, no. but it's been it's been fascinating working on this project and, and the ongoing coverage of West Ada. It's been good working with you and good decompressing about it here a little <laughs> bit on the podcast. Appreciate that, Kevin. Thanks, Thank Michelle. You. Well, that was a lot of fun, Kevin. I'm glad we were able to have our first guest on Extra Credit. And for our listeners, if you missed our team coverage, be sure to check it out, both at Idaho Ed News. Dot .org and at kivitv.com. Right. And thank you Michelle for being a good sport and being our very first guest and she and I will continue to track what's going on in West Ada leading up to the May 17th recall elections and beyond. But we have other things we get to work on now uh, and other things we get to look forward to rolling out in the next week. Clark, you're continuing your look at legislative races around the state. We're getting closer. We're just over uh, two, two and a half weeks away from the May 17th primary, so a lot more coverage of races with education implications. Uh, be sure to check daily for those races and, and a little bit of tips how to prepare for the primary election itself. And, and I get to roll out a project that I'm excited about that I've been working on and, and Clark's been hearing me talk about in meetings for a couple of months uh, I decided I wanted to take a look at refugee education in Idaho and try to pin down sort of the uh, the numbers of students, uh, refugee students we have around the state, but more importantly, look at how the refugee education process is being affected by the national debate over immigration and refugee resettlement and, and the local debates over refugee resettlement. We spent a lot of time, Andrew Reed and I, in Twin Falls, talking to teachers, uh, talking to kids talking to administrators right in the middle of the debate in Twin Falls about the future of the CSI Refugee Center, which kind of feeds uh, refugee students into the schools. Uh, we spend some time in the Boise schools and in Hillside Junior High School. And it's just, I I'm excited about the story. I'll be interested in, in the feedback we get on the story because it's, it's really intriguing how 
the schools and how teachers have to incorporate the refugee debate, the immigration debate, into discussions where you have uh, refugee students. Uh, it was eye-opening to talk to teachers in Boise about, well, how do you teach To Kill a Mockingbird? How do you teach Anne Frank when you have uh, refugee students in, in class? Very interesting discussions with them. I, I hope the stories give justice to the, the to the topic. We'll be rolling those out Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, and spoiler alert, I can tell you it's excellent. One of the privileges I get is to read your work uh, and, and share any feedback I may have before it's published. So I was excited uh, with how it progressed and how it's come out, and so I would encourage everyone to keep an eye out for that and, Monday and, big, and Tuesday. And a big shout-out to Andrew Reed, our multimedia reporter who did spectacular work in terms of the photos, in terms of the video. It really brings the story uh, to light in, in, a, in a whole different way than, than words can ever do it. And now we'll close out with one other brand new feature. As we head into vacation season, it'll be the sporadic feature of Where in the World is Clark or Kevin? You're uh, actually leaving town here for a couple of days to pursue one of your uh, off-work passions. Tell us a little bit about that. I'm heading out to Seattle, Kevin, as you know, to see the reigning World Series champion Kansas City Royals take on the Mariners. It's an exciting trip for me. My brother lives in Seattle. It's his birthday weekend, and we both grew up in Kansas City and have been lifelong Royals fans, so it is the first time I have seen them this season. Looking forward uh, to that, but I will be back in short order to continue our elections. And, and I can vouch that Clark went to Kansas City for the division series the past two years, went to the uh, went to San Francisco for one of the World Series games a couple of years ago. He's about as hardcore a Royals fan as they come. Absolutely. It's, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I'm excited. And we'll just see. Looks good so far this season. We'll just see how long those Royals uh, can keep fighting and keep playing tough. Uh, and I know, Kevin, you have some exciting trips to come up. Uh, so we're going to share a little bit of our lives outside of work uh, from time to time as it mm -hmm. comes up, yes. uh, as we have some exciting things in our personal lives going on. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And uh, meantime, uh, thanks again for listening to Extra Credit. We will be back next Friday with a brand new episode of our podcast. In the meantime, you can like us on Facebook, follow Idaho Ed News on Twitter, and check our coverage daily. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Clark. And I'm Kevin. Have a good week.